Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, we're business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have those who help others create their businesses, and we have the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, or as I like to say, Google it, you'll find it. Also, check us out on networks such as iTunes, over 260 episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics await you the moment you subscribe. Plus, you'll get fresh content every single week. Be sure to leave a five-star rating on the episode you like most. Every five-star rating helps us serve more business creators just like you. Speaking of business creators, today we are literally going to be talking about business creation. You might have guessed who we have on board for that one, none other than Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, my own coach, my own mentor, somebody who's been a friend and a client for 12 years now. Why, boy, it feels like about 12 minutes, I tell you. It really goes quick. Uh, I don't think too many of our listeners need an introduction, but I'll let you do that during the first question. Come on, Jim, the weather is fine. How you doing, Adam? What's going on? Great, great, great. Our listeners know you've been with us a few times in the past, and we've spoken about some different topics. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've done a few different uh, topics over the uh, years here. Let me see. What have you been on Business Creators Radio sh Show for? Uh, we spoke about how to just say yes and create the success you want and deserve. We've spoken about how a dream business provides a dream lifestyle. We've covered how to sell from the stage like a pro. We've covered newsletter marketing, how to supercharge your repeat and referral customers. Wow. Wow. This is your Holy fifth moly. time on Business Creators Radio Show. Fifth time. <laughs> I think you have the record. That's going to that, make yeah, a couple people like jealous. A Five times. Holy smokes. Well, that's let's gonna pair make it up. A, that's going to make a couple people jealous. So what I will tell you, Jim, is over the past six months, we have moved into a lot of new markets, and it is actually possible that there are a few people out there who are currently opening a separate browser tab looking up this dream business coach Jim Palmer to discover who he is. Also, you've had some exciting things come up over the past year or so, and we'd like to give everybody an opportunity to get caught up. So what I typically ask is, you know from having been here five times, is we sort of take a step back and have you just tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how it's brought you to the point where you are today serving entrepreneurs and business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and passion. Gotcha. Well, I started, as you know, my first business in 2001 after almost a year and a half of unemployment and cancer just thrown in there <laughs> to make life interesting. Um, started in October 2001, created my first business where I was uh, writing and designing newsletters for local companies, Adam, and um, grew that to multiple six figures in five years, but then really felt like I was tapping out, not only from time, but you know, I, I had a real small business owner's mentality, which meant I was doing everything and I didn't want to delegate. I didn't want to have employees per se. My only path to growth was more customers. Um, in 2006, I was uh, really blessed to meet Dan Kennedy and, and understand the difference between a small business owner who focuses on revenue and sales and an entrepreneur who focuses on wealth creation. 
I learned everything I could about internet marketing, invested in a lot of courses, and uh, learned direct response copywriting, wrote, and then created my first um, business, which has helped me leverage the lifestyle I have today, which was no hassle newsletters. We grew with um, done for you content and done for you templates. We've uh, had uh, over 1,200 small business owners in nine countries um, use that program, which still goes today. I then created, um, I got used to having two businesses, so I said, why stop there? So I created Concierge Print Mail and Demand. We were printing some months, you know, 45, 50,000 newsletters a month. Then we created No Hassle Social Media, Success Advantage Publishing, Custom Article Generator, just to name a few, created some home study courses that you've mentioned. Then in 2009, I, I created um, what today is my dream business mastermind and coaching program. And in 20, what would be 14, I believe, uh, I started doing a live event called Dream Business Academy. Um, we're coming up here fairly soon in a matter of a few weeks to my eighth event, which is in San Diego, California, potentially my last because it's a crap ton of work doing a live event. And I'm actually enjoying my lifestyle today where uh, about a year ago, Stephanie and I sold our home of 30 years and we moved on to a 50 foot boat and we travel up and down the East Coast. As I've told you, we can go anywhere There's four feet of water. And um, I think that brings us current. Pretty much so. And I recall when we were getting started with the Dream Business Academy series. It's funny that your massive growth with the Dream Business Movement started right around the time that I moved to Las Vegas. We were conducting uh, a public interest survey around the idea of what you were thinking of in terms of the Dream Business Academy, what it would be and how it would serve the world. We launched this thing in October 2013. I remember thinking to myself, I'm packing my stuff to move across the country. Couldn't he wait two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows the that just shows the timeline. And we are on what the eighth Dream Business Academy coming up here real shortly. This is number eight. And to show my respect for you and and all you were going through, our first event was in Las Vegas. So <laughs> at least you didn't have to go very far. That was very nice, and I think that we need to return to that trend because I personally <laughs> enjoyed the commute. I enjoyed I that. making that journey, and what was nice, I got to see my cats every night. Now, when I come out to San Diego next month, they're going to uh, they're going to miss me for a week or so. But well, you know, that's what pays for the cat food. I that's say right. this as my I say this as uh, Alessandra's looking at me, and she's asking the question about what you know, and let's you know follow this a little bit further here. What's very interesting about you is your lifestyle, and you live on a boat, and yes. you've been on the boat for how long at this point? Is it about a year and a half? Do I have that right? It's coming up on a year and a half, yes. Wow, that is some people's dreams, and you fulfilled yours. So tell us about that. What got you on the boat? You had a house. You yeah. had uh, an apartment. You had all this other stuff, and you Chucked it all, put your stuff in storage, and got a boat. Well, we got into boating um, what would be, I guess, four to five years ago. We bought a 30-foot Sea Ray, and we just fell in love with the boating lifestyle. And I bugged Stephanie every Friday, hey, can you get out of work early? Because, you know, at that point, I'd been on my three-day-a-week schedule, so I didn't work on Monday and Friday. And I said, can we get out of work early, and we'll go down and get on the boat, and we'd spend, you know, a nice three-day weekend or and we love the boating lifestyle. Now, fast forward about three years after that, um, Stephanie was really starting to feel burned out on her 25-year career in early childhood development. And when she decided to leave her position, um, you know, I can do my job anywhere. I've got a good Internet connection, which hasn't always been easy for the last year and a half. Right. But um, 
she came home one day and said, I think we need to go on a big adventure. And we didn't know exactly what that meant. We talked about different things. Hey, do, should we live in the Caribbean? You know, because I was, I've been complaining about, I'm tired. I've shoveled my last driveway. I've cut down, you know, cut up my last tree down by ice or snow. And, you know, I had an acre and a half right. of grass. I just, I was tired of the home. It was a wonderful home to raise four kids, but I was done with that. And it took her a while to catch up. But eventually, you know, she said, what if we live on a boat? And I said, of course, you know me with Jaws. Well, we're going to need a bigger boat. So we, we decided yeah. to sell the house. And I don't know if anybody's listening that has a, um, you know, a spouse or significant other, somebody really important in your life, and they find a way to challenge you without actually saying, hey, I've got a challenge for you. So Stephanie goes, hey, Jim, you're so good at marketing. I'll bet you could sell our house without us needing a realtor, and therefore we'll save a bunch of money. <laughs> so that's how she put that to me. And um we ended up selling our house in uh, less than five weeks for a good price uh, by ourselves. Um, and then we found the perfect boat, the, the house sold, and we bought the boat in December. And being in, you know, uh, here in the Northeast, we didn't want to move on the boat in the winter. So um, Steph found us a, uh, a, a one-bedroom little farmhouse cottage, literally on a farm. So, and they were okay with month to month, and they were obviously okay with bringing our rescue dog, Blue. So... Then we moved on the on the boat in April. But really what set that whole thing in motion, Adam, was we felt for a while, even though our life has been exciting, we've had certainly our, our number of challenges, family, health, and otherwise, um, we felt that we'd been on autopilot for a while. Even with the growth and you know success of my business, the last three or four years at that point that I'm talking about just felt like we were on autopilot. Things just were happening very nicely, but just happening. And when we decided to do this, it was so far outside our comfort zone. I mean, I've never driven a 50-foot boat. I've never been in the ocean other than as a teenager, I took a giant ferry to Martha's Vineyard, you know, in Massachusetts. Um, and all these different things. And, and it, it felt invigorating and it scared the holy heck out of us. And I write about <laughs> I write about some of these things and just say, yes, like I call it the what ifs. And the what ifs are – by the way, I'm, I'm jumping around here a little bit, if that's okay. That's okay. But the, re the reason I wrote that book, just say yes. As you know, when I wrote Decide, that was my sixth book. And in my home office, when I got on and did video interviews, I had three books on one side, three books on the other, you know, and out of custom framed. And, and I thought, well, I can't write a seventh book. Where's that one going to fit in? So, But when we decided to do this and all the decisions that went into it, I started feeling and seeing how similar the thought patterns, the fears were coming back just like as an entrepreneur. And I really think that when people do something big, like, I mean, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to buy a beach house or I'm going to do something, whatever it is, you get this really big thought. I think half of your brain gets romantically attached to this idea. And it's like, this is going to be great. And for me, I'm like, I'm going to bed thinking about my boat. I wake up thinking about my beautiful boat and everything's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. We'll have sunsets and sunrises. And then the other half of your brain, at some point, usually at the at the worst point when you're so madly in love with the idea and everything's going to be great, the other half of your brain kicks in with the what if stink bombs. And it's to me, it's like they lift up the the drape in the middle of your brain and shove these little smoke bombs, and all of a sudden they go boom, boom, boom. And it's like, yeah, Jim, but what if you run aground? What if you run out of fuel? What if you break down? What if you get into rough seas? What if you you hit something in a crowded marina and everybody's watching? And it's like, oh my God. And the what ifs are really dream killers if you let them be. And it's same same way as an entrepreneur. Well, 
I'm going to have a fantastic business. I'll be my own boss, call my own shots. I'm going to be rewarded for all the hard work and creativity instead of somebody else. And I'm not going to work for the man anymore. And then, yeah, but what if it doesn't work? What if I lose my shirt? What if I, you know, spend $5,000 on Facebook ads and, and I peter it away and it doesn't work and I'll be embarrassed. I mean, all the different things that go on in the life of an entrepreneur, I started feeling somewhat in my personal life, which was very new to me. <laughs> and, um, so, it, we, you know, we had to learn to overcome some of those fears and just say yes. And only because we just said yes, did are we really having the adventure of a lifetime? And I love the story. And folks, frequently when they ask me about you, they say, hey, are those guys still married? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we, yeah. You know what? My dad told me when I was a teenager, he said, you want to marry somebody that you're friends with and somebody who you have a lot in common with, because sooner rather than later, the, the, the uh, you know, that pitter patter of the heart, you know, that wears off. So if you're going to spend your life with somebody, right. make sure you got, you got, and we, we have so much in common. And the truth of the matter is when we bought our first boat, you know, I was, I'm, I'm the captain, but it was a, uh, I, we were bickering at each other. I'd be like, ah, what are you doing? Throw that line over there, blah, blah, blah. On this boat, we absolutely need two people. Getting in and out of a slip is, is quite the challenge. And um, we wear headsets. They're actually called marriage savers, so we're not hollering. Um, and she talks to me because I can't see the back of the boat when we're backing in. And she tells me a little bit to port, a little bit to starboard. And, and we've really become a very, very good team. Um, and if there's an iffy call, if it's at all iffy, like, should we go out today and, like, there's high winds or the seas or whatever, we don't go because we don't have to. But if, if we're like, well, it's only two-foot seas and, you know, it'll be fine. Wind's coming out of the west. We're fine, whatever. And then if it's very iffy, I get to make the call because I'm the captain. I'm ultimately responsible for the safety of the boat and ourselves. And um, I never if, – if I feel uncertain in the gut, Adam, I don't do it. But my point in telling you that is, um, yeah, if this is kind of tiny house living – in, in a floating version, but we get along really well. We also bought the kind of boat. It's two bedroom, two bath. There's an upstairs and a downstairs, and we can separate ourselves from each other if we want. I've been on your boat, and I love how that you have that set up. It's uh, sort of a split level inside, and I know there's a bathroom on each end and a bedroom on each end, and I've seen how your dog, Blue, has sort of commandeered the couch, both of the beds, the kitchen, the dining room, <laughs> yeah. the floor next to your office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I – got to give you a lot of props for taking that step and embracing your dream just saying yes to the idea of living on a boat you know my feelings about boating basically i love it as long as it involves being on dry land in my own home but <laughs> the exception the exception is when i go out with you like when we when i was up in providence for the last dream business academy we went for a little cruise up there I'm looking forward to the catamaran, catamaran ride. Actually, really, catamaran. I really should be looking forward to that. And yeah. the, the San Diego event coming up next month. And this is one of the things that I think is very key to a dream business, so I'd like to spend a moment on it if we could. You say in the Dream Business Academy marketing, you say through your coaching that it's important that you take time to play in your business. It's, it's good to work hard. We also have to play hard as well. That's part of the philosophy behind why there's always a boat ride attached to the Dream Business Academy. Why well, there's is that so important? Well, first of all, there's always something fun that closed. Like in Orlando, we weren't near water, so we went out to a, a mystery. 
we went to a mystery dinner theater, which was fun. And we've done other things, but being near water in San Diego, you know, like I said, this is the second time I charted this 60 foot catamaran exclusively for our group. And life is not all about work. And I think when you work really hard, most entrepreneurs do, you've got to have that balance because I'll tell you, some people work so hard in their life and next thing you know, they're like 80 or 70 or 90, I don't know, 60, but they're, they get to a point where, you know, life just isn't fun anymore. And, and you, it's one of the reasons Stephanie left her position is she was so good at it, but the company was changing. All the regulations were changing. She spent more time with forms and, and bureaucracy than kids. And it really took a toll on her health. And I think um, people have said to me, do you actually work three days a week? Well, the reality is I only work with my coaching clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I have what I call no call Monday and no call Friday. If we're not going somewhere, we're not going to see the grandkids or we're not taking the boat out. If we're just sitting in in the marina, I'll, I'll usually get up and I'll come to my desk and I'll work a little bit or, you know, but I don't have to. But I enjoy working. I, I, I seldom will sit there just doing nothing, although doing nothing on a boat is easy because I stare out at the water and birds and, you know, the, yeah. nature, basically. But so I do work. But the point is, and it's one of the reasons we decided to do this sooner rather than later, is Steph said, you know, look, at at, at that time, she goes, Jim, you're almost 59. I'm 58. We're going to blink and we'll be 75 and it may not. And no offense to people who are 75 in great shape, but said, we may not be in a shape to do that then. And, you know, I've had my health scare and you don't know if we'll be around then. So we're going to do it now. And people have said, well, you could make a lot more money if you would coach five days a week or four days a week. And that's true. But part of, you know, one of the things you need to do. uh, Is a dream bit for dream bit is define what your dream business looks like, Adam. And for me, I mean, we're, I've just been so blessed with, with the success over the years. I mean, we're debt-free. We live on this boat. And believe me, I make a very nice living three days a week. Could I make more four days or five days? Yeah, but I don't want to. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've, and, right. you know, I'm 60 now, and I'm not ready to retire. I don't know if I'll ever stop working, per se. I might slow down. Maybe I'll work two days or one day a week. Who knows? I don't know. But I have another expression, regret tastes like crap, and I didn't want to get to the end of my life and or the end point where it's no longer safe for me. I can't tell you how many boats we looked at when we were looking for this boat, and the broker almost the broker almost every time said, yeah, the owners took great care of it, but they're older now, or one of them is not safe for them to be on the boat. You know, Steph's dad was a sailor for many years. We're going to get him on our boat tomorrow, actually, on No Call Friday, as you and I are doing this interview. And he, he he is very unstable. We got to time it so he's going to come here at high tide, where the swim platform on my boat matches up with the dock. And you know, now he's ninety, but do you know what I mean? There comes to be a point in our lives where we have these dreams, things we want to do, and then it becomes too late or impractical. And so we we kind of wanted to live our life now and just enjoy life now. And we found a great balance to do that. Yeah, that's great. And I've been a member of your coaching program since the very beginning, when you started back in 2009. Wow, the world turned a few you're the times longest, since then. You're the longest-running coaching member I've had, for sure. Well, and I'm and I uh, am also – no, I'm not on track to. I'm going to be, other than you and your immediate team, I'm going to be the only person who has ever attended every single Dream Business Academy, which means I have been to more Dream Business Academies than anybody else 
ever will, unless you do like 10 more and, and I stop coming, but I don't see that <laughs> happening. I don't know if I'm doing another one. This might be the last one, as you know. And, you know, and it's good to think that way because I personally, I'm just going to put it out there, I don't think it's your last one by a long shot because you have too much passion around this. And yeah. things are going so great with the dream business community. I personally, and I, and I, I have no problem saying this, doubt it will be your last one. That being said, it's always good to raise the challenge question of, could this be my last one? Should this be my last one? Because if you keep doing what you've been doing, even if it's going well, you may miss out on some opportunities that you'll just totally miss if you're not looking at the what else. You know, it's interesting, and I'll, I'll pull the curtain back here for you and, and your listeners, Adam. So why would I say it might be my last one? First of all, it's, it is a big expense. Um, I mean, my, the events in, in Orlando was my biggest. I cost $32,000 to put on that event when you take into account right. the marketing and the stage, everything. And I know people spend a lot more than that, but my events are, are kind of boutique-ish, you know, 50 to 60 people. But it costs $32,000. Yep. Now, if nobody came and nobody showed up, there's some of those expenses I wouldn't have. But for the most part, when you decide to do an event, you sign a contract that says, I'm going to have this many sleeping rooms sold. I got this. I'm committing to this much in food and beverage and the meetings. All those things are in contract form. So if nobody comes, you're still on the hook for that money. <laughs> now, I've done right. eight, so I've got a track record. So I don't fear that too too much, but it is getting a little harder to get people to travel these days. I think entrepreneurs, small business owners are so comfortable and ingrained and used to this instant microwave success and, oh, I can just teach people on webinars and I, from the comfort of my home, I can broadcast on Zoom and, and, and listen, we, we all do part of that. But there's nothing like doing a live event to make a real connection, but not a lot of people. It just seems like less and less people are willing to travel to go to live events. So that's number one. Number two, I, I said, you know, it is a big expense. Number three, it's not without its stress because, you know, if you don't fill the thing, you know, you're working like crazy, spending more and more and more money to put people in, in that event. And so there's that. And the other part of it, and this is somewhat selfish, but I think you know me well enough. Um, I'm trying to honor the lifestyle that I've created and worked so hard for. So, um, for two months, probably uh, there's a 60-day countdown clock. We're well within that now. We're getting close to the 30-day. I don't do anything. I, I hardly go away. I, don't, I mean, I Steph knows I'm in DBA mode. So, so friends of hers are sometimes, you know, Jessica. We did go up and visit Jessica in Rhode Island, but you know, can we go again? And Steph goes, Jim's in DBA mode. <laughs> He's not going to want to go. You know, it's I've got I've got two and a half days of teaching to prepare for. It's a big deal, is what I'm saying. So. I don't know if I want to do that again. And the other thing is, well, what else would you do? I don't know. Maybe there's another way to uh, be in front of it. So it's an undecided thing. And if people think it's a marketing ploy, because I keep saying it might be the last one, it's not. And here's the reason. Every single event. So if you're thinking of doing a live event, I'm going to give you a tip. Every single DBA that I've done, I've known exactly when and where the next one will be. And the big reason for that is on the third day, at the end of it, we're wrapping up. People are just thrilled at least at my events they are and they're happy and they're and i'm like we're going to do another one and i pass out an order form and and half the people will sign up and come to the next one so at least you know a third or half of the tickets are sold at the previous event and as i've said i don't have a date and a time for the next one so if i do decide to do another dream Biz academy we're starting at ground zero filling it that's very true and again 
I think you're right that there are some barriers to doing live events, and I'm seeing some changes in live events myself just over the course, especially the past year or two. I think that there are trends that come through the industry where a certain topic will become extremely hot, and you'll find a lot of events in that space. For instance, podcasting right now is extremely big in the market across the board. I mean, you see pretty much everybody getting in on the podcasting act, whether they're hosting a podcast or guesting on a podcast, you're seeing some really big conferences in that space. Uh, you have certain, and every industry has like one major seminar that's considered to be the apex seminar for that particular industry that will fill arenas and take over an entire hotel. Uh, I mean, you have that, and you also notice they seem to change over the years. For a few years, it'll be this one particular event, then somebody else comes in and becomes another different event. But what we're also seeing in terms of getting people to sign up for stuff and getting people to commit to being places is people are more and more responding at the last possible moment. I'll reveal a case study that we did with you. You, on more or less a monthly basis, host one of your Living the Dream webinars. I think there's about 10 of them a year. I think you take a month or two off, but usually about once a month we have a webinar. What we found is that Typically, over half of the people that are going to attend that webinar will show up the day of on the registration list. And of those people, about 40% will sign up within 15 minutes of the webinar beginning. So there's a big instant gratification thing. With all that being said, and the fact that a webinar costs somebody $0 to attend and really only takes an hour out of their life versus three days out of their life, what are some of the benefits of coming to a live event, at least, once a year, one great event every year. If you can pick the best possible event in San Diego, what, why would you go there? Uh, relationships, I think, would be the – that's the first word that popped into my head. You know, I'll speak to my event. I'm not going to pitch other people's events, or I won't pitch, but let sure. me tell you what's different. So, you know, you go to a lot of these events, and it's one of the reasons when I started doing these events, I'd probably been to 50 events in the last, you know, seven, eight years. and. Right. um and I saw things I liked. I saw things I didn't like. One of the things I wanted to do differently, I didn't want Dream Business Academy to be what I call a pitch fest. So the speakers who come in, first of all, they're paying their own way to be there, and there's no pitching. Um, th- it's an opportunity to be on my stage to, and to interact with people and to teach people. Almost every speaker that I've ever had on my stage has benefited from that, where people want to connect with them and learn from them, relationships start. So it's not like you're just, you know, doing it for for nothing you're obviously making a good impression otherwise you wouldn't be on my stage but there's that piece of it so it's a pitch free zone the second thing is i can't stand the type of uh events and or webinars where somebody says i was born under a bridge i lived until i was 22 poor i discovered the secret and i'm a millionaire and for you know 1995 i'll teach that to you too you know everybody's got to have the born under a bridge story well Sometimes life isn't like that. Now, I did have my own season of crises, but what I decided to do, I I want people to know the good, the bad, the ugly, the whole story. Um, I really, it was very difficult for me at the first event in Las Vegas to share what I call the millionaire mindset, um, where I, I talked about the debt. I had incredible shame. I felt shame over, you know, six figures of credit card debt from my, my being unemployed, the cancer, and then the early years of my business. And, and I talked about how I got out of that. I talked about 
how it was going and, and what it felt like and how I made different. Anyway, I really went into that, as you know, for about a half an hour in a very personal way. And Adam, I looked out and I saw two men with tears in their eyes. And when I got on it, we took a break after that because it was actually very emotionally draining for me to do that. And um, they kept, so many people came up to me privately um, and told me, thank you for sharing that. You never hear about this part of it. And a couple of people said, I, I've already got what I need. You told me what I need to keep on keeping on because I'm right there now, Jim. I'm right where you were. And as you know, I've expanded that. It's about an hour now that I take them. There's so much more. I, I'm an open book at these events. The other thing is there's no speaker's table. Um, all of my speakers are in the audience, sitting at the tables with people. Uh, I schedule in a lot of breaks, a lot of br uh, uh, an hour lunchtime, which I buy lunch so you don't have to go anywhere. And so you get to meet all, you, you know, you get to meet people, get to meet you. They get to meet Melanie Benson, my personal mindset coach, all these people. It's a two and a half day event. The other thing I do, one more thing I'll say is I do on average about 20 profit seats at Dream Business Academy, which I'll bring somebody up on stage and I'll do a deep dive on their business and come up with a new brand, makeovers, whatever a turning point might be. And it, as valuable it is for the 20 people or so that I can do that for, it's, it's equally or more valuable for the people that watch it because they're like, oh, my God, I could do that in my business. So that's a little bit about what makes our thing unique. Can you get that on a webinar? Absolutely not. Can you get that on a webinar where you're on camera? Absolutely not. You can only do that. By, by immersing yourself, getting away from your phone and, and, you know, getting away from the office and just getting around people who are a combination of some starting out, but some who are doing well, obviously want to do better and some who are killing it and want to kill it even more. And everybody, there's just this incredible spirit of camaraderie and helping each other. Um, I do something, as you know, Adam, which could not happen in a big room. That's why I limit my size to, you know, somewhere 50 to 60 people. We do something called the fear shredder. And if if you yep. recognize, because I share all, here's all my fears. Here's how I got over them. That's another thing I do. But I said, if you want to shred a fear, there's two things you can do. You can do it silently in your chair and you can write it down on a piece of paper. Or if you want to make it even more powerful, you can come up to the front. I have a shredder, like an office shredder. And you can announce what your fear is, and you're shredding it. You'll put it in the shredder, and if you do, I give you a valuable prize, and you get applause from the audience. And, and that may seem a little corny or whatever, but you can't, I can't tell you how powerful people feel when they publicly – I'm no longer – I've been fearing doing my own podcast. I've been fearing being a speaker. I've been fearing writing a book. I'm doing it. I'm starting it, blah, blah, blah. And then I give them a nice prize and send them back to their seat. That's something else we do. I'm going so much into what we do at our event. I, and I think that when we pull back the curtain, that's some of the best way we can learn about how these things really work. I would add another element to why coming to live events is so powerful. And I discovered this just a, a couple weeks ago. I had a very interesting hap thing happen, as you know. Uh, all at once, I had a speaking engagement. I had the opportunity to attend an event that happens here in Las Vegas every year that I love to go to every year. I had the opportunity to accompany my clients to a half-day private training session. I had this other event as well, and I had a webinar to host, and I had a recording of a thing that I'm going to be doing for a summit that's going to be coming up in a few weeks. All of this happened all in the same week, and it essentially took me away from the office for three and a half, actually I'm going to say four, four entire days when you really come down to it. 
And what was really valuable about the whole thing, actually there are two reasons why. Number one, it showed me how much I can accomplish in a short period of time. I hadn't tested that theory in way too long. So it helped with my business optimization. And the second is it gave me a new level of inspiration, a new level of excitement, a new level of there's things I've been missing that I need to do. There's things that are really going to move this business forward. I can't remember who said it, but, you know, they say that uh, the reason you take a shower every day is because you need to. I know I'm saying that wrong. And it's the same with being inspired and the same with being motivated. You can't just go get motivated once and stay motivated for life. You have to keep coming back for motivation. Like you have to shower daily. You have to eat food on a regular basis. There's a reason why we have to repeat these things to keep ourselves going. And I think motivation is the same thing. Well, that's exactly true. And you know what? You know, I mentioned the first word, relationships, about live events. What's really cool um, is that I have seen, as you have, over the, over the uh, seven Dream Business Academies so far, is that people have met each other that are, are not only good friends, but that are business partners today. Yep. Um, our friends, Lindsay and Lindsay, I mean, they're, they're doing work together. They have a podcast together and they connected at my event. And so you, you get to meet some really cool people, but the thing is, um, and, and this is why I, if, if I was to lose patience, you know, sometimes I get a little impatient when someone says to me, Oh, I just don't know if I can get out there or I don't know if I can, you know, uh, afford the ticket. And I'm not, bel- I'm not belittling somebody's financial trouble. Believe me. You know, I know what it's like to pony up money. The, the example I give all the time is when I was already six figures in debt, and I, I borrowed 7,500 more to go exhibit at this national conference, which proved to be a turning point. So I'm not belittling that. But when you take into account, it's like looking at all the testimonials, looking at the speakers, looking at what you're going to learn and what it could mean to your business, and you still can't find a way to say yes to that. It's very revealing you know, there's something I say on the stage, I'll share it here, but I always preface, I said, this is going to sound a little harsh, but if you can't afford this, you have to come to the conclusion, fairly so, that what you're doing now is not working, right? Because if what you're doing is working, then there's nothing you wouldn't be able to say yes to. That's very true. And when I have to make decisions like that because realistically we do have to decide where to allocate our resources in many cases they are finite and you also run into the issue of diminishing returns i'll tell you another story after that whirlwind of a week i had two weeks ago where i have tuesday wednesday thursday friday completely out in the community away from my office uh, exploring all these other opportunities i met somebody at one of the events and then two days later she sends me a message that says hey what you doing this weekend now I'm thinking, is she asking me out? Just the way it was phrased, that was my thought. And I thought I you know, made a connection with her of a business sense at the event. And I, I'm thinking, okay. So I'll say, so I type back, I got some room here. What do you have in mind? Well, that was her leading me to come to another event as her guest. $997 ticket was going to magically be free. Whoa. And I had to look at, yeah, and I had to look at that event. And I had to look at that and say, you know, this is really not something that's going to give me the level of return that's going to be worth it to put two more consecutive days into this. So I took a a polite decline on that one. So I recognized that at that point I was going to be heading into the possibility of burnout right after I got re-energized. And I was going to be in what the event promised to be an extremely 
small room, and I was already getting a sense that I knew a lot of the people in there. So I wasn't really saying I have to do this one. So we all have those situations where we have to make the smart decision for our business. And to me, when I can go to an event where I can actually connect with people, that's the most important thing of all. I don't do really well in arenas unless I already know a bunch of people that are there. So if you throw me in an event with 5,000 people and I don't know anybody there, I'm not going to have a good time. But right. if you put me in a room, well, you put me in that same arena, and I know 15 or 20 people, I'm fine. I need a home base. I come to an event like Dream Business Academy that caps out usually around 60 people or so. Aside from the fact that I already know a lot of those folks, even if I didn't, it's not going to be very difficult for me to make new friends. Right. And, I would, and I'm going to ask you a question that I don't know the answer to, so I, I hope this sure. doesn't go, go wrong. But those, all that, that busy week you had, the majority of those connections, which turned into speaking gigs and uh, other opportunities, those were connections, I will bet you, that happened because you met those people at live events. You didn't meet them online. You didn't meet them on Facebook. You met them at previous live events. Would that uh, be true? In one of the cases, it is because I met the person in person beforehand. Another interesting phenomenon, we see a lot of this in the virtual world, is I was meeting for the first time people I knew virtually for four and five years. And let me point something else out. One of the speaking engagements I got was because I had posted a picture of my rotary button on my Facebook page with the new, with the new descriptor that said author speaker. And somebody who I met at Dream Business Academy saw that. And then a moment later saw that one of her friends was saying, hey, does anybody know any good speakers in the Las Vegas area? We have an event coming up. And she had tagged like four of her friends. And she said, oh, oh, yeah, Adam Homie, too. Wow. And out of all of them, I'm the one that got booked. There you go. So it pays to be out and about. So I think we answered that question. I think, we, I think we've done that question very well. So – Here's a, I want to get into a couple of the dream business principles in the uh, 15, 20 minutes we have left here is, uh, you know, we find that the economy can go up and down. When you and I first came together into our coaching relationship, that was really uh, at the apex of the Great Recession. And now here we are in a situation where we have 4.1 GDP growth, the, the markets are, you know, except for corrections are up just about every day. The NFIB is, continues to have chart-shattering records for small business confidence. It's, it's crazy what's going on. But what I've noticed is you've been very consistent throughout all that. Your business has been on pretty much a steady trajectory throughout all those years. And what are some of the things we need to have in place so that we can have a business that thrives in a great economy and grows even during a crappy economy? Well, those are some of the what I call the elements of a dream business. Number one, it grows even during a crappy economy. One of the reasons yep. for that is tenant number two, it has multiple streams of revenue. So if one of your revenue streams is not doing well because it's either seasonal, cyclical, or for whatever other reason, you have other sources of revenue instead of just seeing your, your – it's like the small business owner just has the sale the revenue of his main core item. If you have multiple streams of revenue, one will be up, the other will be down, or four will be up and one will be down. Um, a dream business also becomes an asset for worry-free retirement. It's it's usually fun to operate, Adam. And I know, listen, we've had some ups and downs, but if if it's it's what I used to say is on Sunday night, 
instead of going, oh, crap, I got to go to work tomorrow. It's like, all right, I enjoyed the weekend, but, man, I'm, get, I'm getting back at it tomorrow because you love what you're doing. Um, so, you know, I, I would say multiple streams of revenue. Also coming to grips with the fact that I don't care what the national economies do and I don't care, you know, what uh, political parties in power, who's in the White House, that has very little to do with the outcome of your marketing and your brand and your business. Because I've always believed, um, I've always believed that money is flowing. And even in, even in, I've, listen, I've grew my business during probably eight years of the most unfriendly years toward, you know, entrepreneurship and small business owners. So that right there shows as long as you provide incredible value back it up with what I would call world-class service and, and you market to the exact person that you want to do business with, you're going to do okay. You know, the, the, one of the troubles or situations that arises for a lot of small business owners when things go bad or when they're watching that, oh, the economy shrink or something, you know, thing, they, they, they pull in their horns or they kind of stick their head in the sand a little bit and they want to weather the storm until things change until whatever they think is the driving factor for their slow growth, they're going to kind of, pull in a little bit and wait till things improve. And that, that's not the right thing to do. You know, most people, I mean, in a shrinking economy, that just means money's only moving to a smaller segment of the population or a small segment of business. But money always, people always, you know, they say you can justify anything. Does anybody need a boat? No. Does anybody need a private airplane? No. But you will, or, or, a, a, you know, 52,000 square foot home. No, you don't. You know, no. does anybody actually need more, two cars or three? No, you don't, but we'll justify anything. So what that means is you will always, and I've never worried about price points and things like that. In any, in any industry, in any niche, you're going to find three different groups of customers, all, you know, the same avatar, but you, that's why I, that's why I'm a big fan of threes. Like there's three different coaching levels, three different packages, three different, this, three different, that there's going to right. be, um, the, the biggest group of people will be in the middle, going to be the average, so to speak. There's always going to be, even in a, a crappy economy, there's going to be a small segment of the population who insists on having the best. I learned that with my years with good works where I'm rehabbing homes for, for very, very low income people. I'd go into a home where, you know, in a mobile home and, and you can see daylight out the roof and they just have a new screen TV and they all have new, the kids have iPhones and it's like, they don't, there's no food in the cupboard. I'm not, that's not a statement per se, but it's like you will justify expenses based on what you think your needs are. So money's always moving. And by the way, if you try and take on, I'm not going to sell it to them because they don't need it. Somebody else will. So, and then the third group, as you know, is the group who's only going to buy the cheapest thing. And, so you always want to have your, your bases covered. Now, somebody could also say, and I can almost I can almost see and picture somebody listening to this now. Yeah, well, I don't want to go for the cheapest thing. Well, one of the reasons, and I'm not saying you're going to offer like Walmart quality stuff or pricing, but the reason you want to have a, a low-end price point, obviously not with all the, the same uh, benefits as your mid or upper level, is that some people aren't ready for the upper-end programs. You know, how many people have joined my, my entry-level program into the coaching program and then move up over two or three or four years? So not everybody's ready for the high price thing. So anyway, that's a we're really doing a hell of a job with some teaching here. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, yeah, you're right. There are different types of buyers, and there are different types of approaches to pretty much any situation. What I found over the years, I've been an entrepreneur for just about 15 years myself, is – 
that things will come and go in the environment, whether it's the economic environment, the political environment, or whatever that I see folks sometimes get really bent out of shape over. But you can thrive in any situation when you have the right perspective, like you've shared with us. Well, that's kind of how I grew No Hassle Newsletters, which was kind of my first, that's kind of my first uh, example of how I learned how to think like an entrepreneur instead of a small business owner. So when I was going my first business, which was called Dynamic Communication, to me, you know, I was definitely a small business owner. How I'm going to grow this business? I have to go find more um, nonprofits, companies, chambers of commerce and things like that. And I, I just have to get more clients within however far I was willing to drive you know, radius from my home, that was my market. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, wait a minute, I can sell content and then later turned into uh, done for you newsletter templates. I can sell those to small business owners around the country. And then my mind opened up even further and I had nine different countries with customers in it buying my stuff. That is so amazingly liberating when you recognize the power of leverage. In fact, I had a mentor, Adam, and um, it's probably in year two or three, and I don't know the exact numbers. Let's say I had 20 or 30 members in No Hassle Newsletters, and I was still a little depressed. I'm still like heavily in debt, and I'm trying to figure out my way to start paying off my credit cards and stuff like that. And he said, yeah. and he really took me to task. Essentially, he said, geez, Jim, you know, <laughs> basically grow a set. He said, do you, he goes, so you've been promoting No Hassle Newsletters for like two years or three years. That's straight. And he goes, so how many do you, and he goes, how many small business owners are there in the United States? I said, I don't have a clue, but let's just say 250,000. And who knows if it's right or wrong? He goes, he said, do you think that you could find two small business owners in each of the 50 states? Just two. And when he said it like that, it seemed like it didn't seem insurmountable. It didn't seem like I had to create this ginormous database of clients. I just had to find two, just two small business owners in each state. And he goes, that would be a hundred new clients times your revenue, what you get per month. Would that change your life? I said, oh yeah. And off to the races I went, you know what I mean? So sometimes you just have to figure out what you want to do, reverse engineer it and, and start tackling it in bite-sized chunks. Yeah. And I, you know, I think a lot of people have been in that situation as well, where it seems so completely overwhelming, but meantime, just getting a couple of new clients or a couple making a couple of new deals, closing a couple of new opportunities can make that difference. And it's actually easier to find than many times we make it out to be. You don't always need a complex 19-step funnel. You, no. having been my coach, remember that I went through a two-year period from about 2015 to 2017 where I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up. But the beauty of what I had in my business, as simple and basic as it was, is I had streams coming in that gave me exposure to potential prospects and potential customers. So if I needed a customer, I could get one. If I needed a client, I could get one. If I needed to to put more money in a bank account, I could find a project. It wasn't that hard to do. Yep, and I remember that. And you know, part of that is what I don't want to say frustrates me, but you know, as we're 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 reaching out and inviting people who have either bought books or courses, connected with us in the Facebook group and things like that. And 
they'll respond with these. And I'm thinking, you know, if you come to Dream Business Academy, I did a I did a half day consult uh, on the boat yesterday, Adam, for a coach. I mean, I help an awful lot of coaches start or grow their businesses. And um, he had this program, and literally the light bulb moment was when I took the three or four words that he was using that describe his program, and I flipped the order and changed the tense. In other words, instead of uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but instead of happier. I just made it happy. See, happier is a process. It's a, it's something you're working towards. Happy is a conclusion. So I looked at his, his name of his company and his program, and I changed the order and changed, I don't know, is that the tense or whatever, of these three. And all of a sudden, his face beamed, and we started going. I created a tagline for him. I told him what his offering should be, what his course should be. He should have. A, I told him how to have a 90-day fast start to get people in the door. And we just – and. Inside of about four hours, this guy's going to go home and, and literally create an additional six figures or, or multiple six figures in revenue. And I don't say that to say, oh, look, Jim thinks he's so all that in a bag of chips. It's like this is what happens at my event at least 20 times through the hot seats and profit seats and with the teaching from myself and other speakers. So when someone says, I just don't know if I can make it there. I don't know if, you know, if 197 or 497 is a good investment. And I think so many people that come to an event like that and not just mine, but other events. And you learn that one thing, you make that one connection, whether it's a JV partner or, or, or some kind of somebody, or maybe it's that customer that you meet because you get out from behind your desk and you're not willing to say yes and just do that. It, I must say that, it, I, I, I said I won't say it frustrates me. It astounds me where people are so short-sighted like that. Yeah, and funny thing, since you mentioned the inspirations that come through live coaching, I, I want to say it was about a year ago at this point, I approached you with what I believe the, the outline for a book that I wanted to publish because I wanted to get out there and become a published author of my very own book, not simply – or merely being a, a contributor to other books, but I want to have right. my very own. And I had the outline pretty much put together, and you asked me what was the purpose behind it and what problem was I looking to solve with this message. And I explained it the way I typically would, and I said, yeah, you know, for these entrepreneurs, it seems like that movie Groundhog Day over and over again. That's it. Uh -huh. and, and the light bulb went off over my head. And I think I said right back to you, you know what? Groundhog Day is an event, not a marketing strategy, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and and uh, and the title of the book became Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. So another thing that we love is, I believe the term is acronyms. Like, yep. for example, you have a, a formula around DECIDE, D-E-C-I-D-E. And for the Groundhog book, I have the SPRING formula, S-P-R-I-N-G. And you've shared other formulas. Our, our friend Matt Selhorst, Boat Dealer Profits, he has the SPLASH, S-P-L-A-S-H formula. Uh, one Click Lindsay Anderson has the C-L-I-C-K technique. Where Natalia, is a lot of – Natalia Bowles has the relief process. She helps people with grief. So the reason yeah. I, I have people create acronyms or help them do so is because it lets you be the creator of, and then you drop in the name of your program. So – if you were if you were going to be interviewed on a show, you would be Adam Homey and and the name of your company. He's also the author of Groundhog Day is a an event, not a business strategy, and he's also the creator of. And then you drain, drop that in. Now the acronym is really something that we create that helps explain 
what it is you do, the benefit of somebody doing business with you. Um, but it's a conversation starter. Man, I can't believe how much stuff we're <laughs> given on this interview. That's a powerful right. strategy, I'll tell you. It's it's it, somebody's going, oh, that's easy. Well, go ahead and create one then. But it's a very very powerful strategy when you can be the creator of, and then you get to name this process. Yeah, yeah, very true. And there's another concept, and I share this so often. It's come up many times on Business Creators Radio Show. And since we have the source here, let's ask the source. There is a very powerful concept because a lot of our listeners have told me that they hate the idea of selling and promoting themselves. And in fact, we've tested phrases like sell without selling and found they worked extremely well in the marketing of the Business Creators Radio Show. You have designed a concept called seed-based marketing. This is so much fun. Yep. Seed-based marketing, and I teach this at DBA. And depending on when I put it into the program, assuming I'm not at the near a break, which means I'm very tired because I need I need my faculties about me, we do something called Stump the Coach. And I've done over the last three years probably 500 interviews. I've been my podcast is now six years old, so I can give an answer to any question and have it be a good answer, but also I can. Uh, what I call plant seeds, things that I want people to know about my business and things like that. I've been doing it throughout this show, <laughs> which seemed yep. conversational, but it's it's actually um, planting seeds. And I haven't I haven't actually decided yet. Um, but I if I have time in the schedule, I, I'm going to teach planting the seeds, but I'm also going to share possibly the blueprint on how to create a presentation where you're actually selling. And I say sell from the stage, but it could be sell from a webinar, et cetera. It's a very, very specific formula. I may or I may not do that. I'm, I'm really trying to wrestle with the schedule at the last minute here. Well, Dream Business Academy is a very tightly organized event. And what I love about it is it stays on time. Because after you're in a room for so long, your brain starts to fry. I never feel like I'm tired of Dream Business Academy. And when it comes to an end, I feel like it's ending at just the right time, not where I feel like I'm missing anything, not like not where I'm feeling like, boy, this dragged on a little bit too long. It just feels natural for it to end right then. This is something that I very rarely if ever see with any other events. We have well, just enough time. Sorry, go ahead. No, we listen again from all my experience at other seminars. I, I I listed when I started doing my first event everything that I didn't like and everything that I wanted to do. I actually have an Excel spreadsheet that my team uses, but it's down to the minute, right? We play this. We're going to play this video. Here's a 15 minute break. This person speaks from here to here, and believe me, I will hold you to that. Like you'll get yanked off the stage. It's never happened, but and we yeah. we plan in. We don't just give you a five-minute bathroom break. We give you 15-minute bathroom breaks. I'm constantly refreshing water, coffee throughout the room. We end at 6 p.m., um, so we're not keeping you there till 8 or 9 o'clock. I mean, I literally have dialed this thing in. So not only is it a crap ton of information, but it's not so overwhelming that you're physically exhausted. Right. We have just enough time here because I love this concept of seed-based marketing so bad, and one of the – exercises that you do, as you said, is stump the coach where people can't ask you any questions. So there's this one guy that always stands up and asks these really off-the-wall types of things. So let me channel him for a second. All right. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going I'm to say to you, you know, Jim, it's, uh, you know, it's right here. It's the end of August here in Las Vegas. 
very hot outside, so I only really go out at night when I can jump in the pool and uh, really relax and enjoy the warm weather without it baking my brain. And I think about my cats and how good it is to have air conditioning so that it stays cool for them because they don't have the same ability to cool themselves down, plus they wear these fur coats all the time. So with all that, Jim, what kind of food do you feed your dog? <laughs> well, we feed him exactly what he needs, not only to maintain his shiny coat, but also that it doesn't balloon up in size. The interesting thing, you know, I know we're talking about pets right now, but when I – when I'm on stage at Dream Business Academy and, you know, Steph's warning me that lunch is coming up, she's got these hand signs that nobody sees, things like that. What I think is more important is what you're feeding your brain, right? So, you know, a lot of people ask me, what's your morning routine? I wake up, I give thanks, you know, count my blessings. Then I go for a walk. I went three and a half, four hours or miles today. And I'm listening to things. I'm listening to other entrepreneurs because I recognize the value in learning from other people. I mean, yeah, you're, you're asking me about food for dogs and foods for cats, but the most important food, I think, is what you're putting in your brain and um, because it's garbage in, garbage out, right? And so anyway, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm getting off track, but uh, that's just one more reason you want to come to Dream Business Academy because I will – not only will I feed you well, literally feed you lunch and dinner – um, but I'm going to feed your brain. I'm going to give you exactly what you need, not not only so your business gets incredibly hot, but you remain incredibly cool. And, <laughs> and that right there is seed-based marketing. So we are at the top of the hour here, and do you have any seats left for this Dream Business Academy? I have, uh, as as I believe we're doing the interview today, we have seven seats, um, and then we're sold out. And, again, people are so used to – Oh my God, we're sold out. But I, there, you know what? There was a, a false wall. We opened up the wall. We can put in another 30 seats. No. Seven seats, the room holds. And not only that, that'll take us to 60. And I take everybody out to a VIP, what I call my VIP uh, mastermind dinner party Thursday night. The restaurant next door, which is overlooking the, the water, it's gorgeous. It holds 60 people, not 61. So it is a hard stop at 60. When those seven seats are gone, we're done. Um, and as of today, I believe we have two seats left or two upgrades is to, if you want to go on the uh, catamaran dinner cruise with food, open bar, and a three-hour cruise around San Diego Bay. It's kind of our post-event celebratory event. That has, yep. a, uh, that has a hard stop of 48, so I think we're like at 46 right now. Yeah, so uh, I have my speaker pass, if I can share that. You may. And this is for listeners of Dream – no. Listener, <laughs> your, your show is Dream Business Radio, and it's a dreamy show, and I've been on that one as well. This is for listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show. Uh, and I'm doing this because I'm speaking at this thing, and I'd love to meet you in person. www.dreambusinessacademy.com forward slash Adam. Dreambusinessacademy.com forward slash Adam. I have, I think, right now four – Speaker passes I still have available to give out using the coupon code VIP. So make sure you go to dreambusinessacademy.com forward slash Adam. I have four of those left, and make sure to take up on those before the event itself is sold out. Uh, it's kind of a first-come, first-served thing, and I would love to meet you in person. If you've been following the Business Creators Radio Show and you've been thinking, when can we sit down and have a conversation, now is the time. Adam, just and you have four. Make sure they use the coupon code VIP when they're even after they go to the forward slash Adam. They have to use the coupon code VIP to to get that yep. incredible 
discount. Um, but if, if other, and I've, I've done interviews with other speakers, when those seven seats are gone, it's gone. That's no joke. And, and we're getting very close. Don't think about it. Just say yes. It's the name of my seven book. Just say yes. Just do it. You will absolutely not regret it. All right. So Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thanks, Adam. I've really enjoyed it. We've, we've gone deep and you got me late in the day. So I probably said a lot more than I normally would have, but I think it's all good. Yep.